move to our second case this morning. Felix Franco and Franco Express versus Richland Refrigerated Solutions. Mr. Is it is it Guyon? Good morning. May it please the court and counsel. My name is Emmanuel Guyon and uh, just mom that can you hear me I have a soft voice now you mentioned to the other fellow that uh, he, can you hear me I, I yeah I can uh, hear you okay, fine okay, I'm sorry just I, I just want to make spoke sure a little yeah. those instruments only record they do not amplify okay so this is a large courtroom so it's important for advocates to speak up okay, thank you uh, I know you're familiar with the facts that I said in the brief and I'm not going to go over them but preliminarily, what I want to say is that there basically are two cases before this court. The plaintiff says the, uh, the injury that he received on April 10th of 2019 came from the events where he was sleeping in this reefer, this over-the-road tractor, and was struck from the rear, ejected, fell down, hit the dashboard, and then was impaled on a three-point corner of a refrigerator that caused the problems with his back. The defendants tried this case on the basis of a, a, a pre-existing condition of neurogenic claudication. And that's a fancy term for the foramen is the opening in the spine. The nerves are in the foramen. And over a period of time, uh, there's a growth in the bone structure called lamina. And when you, if it gets too close to the uh, nerves and, and people move and when you get older, that evokes a pain response. So. We have two different theories of the case. Mr. Franco was a truck driver for 32 years, starting in 1989. In 2017, he was getting a little bit of a backache. So he went to his primary care physician and said, you know, my back is hurting. The doctor said, well, look, take this tramadol whenever you need it. So he did. It was a, as, uh, it wasn't a prescription regular, but whenever you needed. And the, the way he conducted his business, it was he would leave our my hometown of Streeter, drive to Green Bay, Wisconsin, pick up cheese, go to Houston and Uvalde, Texas, take cucumbers and tomatoes to Green Bay, and he did that route for many, many years. He also, when that wasn't available, if he got to the... Mr. Guyan, if I could interrupt. Um, we've, we've reviewed the briefs okay. and were aware of the facts as they were litigated at trial, um, and this was a causation case, it's clear, okay. and it was submitted to the jury okay. as sorry. such, and so it would be helpful if you would identify what error you're okay. resting on in, in the okay. district court, because the jury found against you that there was no causation here okay. and that was the end of the case thank you <clears throat> what happened he was ejected from that uh, reefer in, on uh, April 10th of 2019 he um, uh, sought medical advice and was told that they would try conservative treatment but if it didn't work he'd have to have an operation uh, and that was this translumbar intervertebral fusion and uh, that eventually happened where he had to do that. Uh, they had to do the surgery. <clears throat> when we had the trial, at the end of the evidence, I filed a written 50A motion asking the court to direct the verdict for plaintiff. The court did not act on it. 
The jury adjourned, went out, came back, no award. So then I filed a 50B motion. The judge ruled on both of those at the same time and said I failed to recite the defense to the action of the 410 when Mr. Hussain rammed the back of the trailer and caused this ejection. But then the defense got up and said they filed a motion for directed verdict. So if I was deficient, the defense provided the information so the court would rule. He still denied the 50B motion. Now, Your Honor, to answer your direct question, I think the manifest way of the evidence is in favor of the plaintiff. The court should have directed a verdict, and I think it was error to do so. And I think the court caused a lot of problems with the jury instruction. I submitted a special verdict form at the pretrial conference, and the judge did not want to use it. He declined. He had his own form, which was similar but a little bit different. And at the instruction conference before the jury retired, the judge gave conflicting instructions. He said on the first day of trial, he told the jury that the defendant had been admitted liability to what? The 410 events or to the 32-year accumulation? Actually, there wasn't an admission of liability. There was an admission of negligence. Causation was the issue, again, at trial, causation and damages. Okay. He also said that the defendant was liable. The court said that to the defendant. But then when he gave the final jury instruction, he said he talked about a cause and used it in the singular. But the actual instructions, he started talking about there could be other causes. Well, what could be the other causes? It could only be that neurogenic claudication. And I think that confused the jury. I did not see an instructional error claim in the briefs. The instruction that the court gave on causation was textbook Wisconsin causation law. Okay. I think the jury was misled, though, because he was telling them two different things. I know we have to use standard instructions. In what way? Because it started out by saying the defendant was liable for what happened, and then he started and said that there could be not only a cause, but there could be other causes. What could be the only other cause was a 32-year neurogenic claudication problem. Mr. Guyant, can you point me, and perhaps I just missed it, can you point me in the record where the judge instructed the jury that the defendant was liable for what had happened? In the introductory, I do have it, I think, attached to the main brief. I copied a transcript. I don't have it in front of me, but there is. He said that. He said the defendant is liable. The court said that. Liable for what? The 410 events or for the 32-year developing condition of neurogenic claudication? I don't see how anybody could hold him liable for how he could admit liability for the 32-year thing. It had to be for the 410 events. I think that confused the jury. As far as proximate cause is concerned, in my final argument, I made a comment about finding proximate cause, which, again, came out of the jury instructions. Actually, wrong. Really? Yeah. Wisconsin doesn't treat proximate cause as a jury question for the court. In fact, it doesn't use the concept of proximate cause. Wisconsin follows the Paul's graph dissent. 
for negligence law and causation. So there's cause and fact and there's legal cause and the court addresses the question of legal cause, not the jury. That's why your, object, why your argument was um, about pro proximate cause was excluded well, because that's not a concept that goes to a jury in Wisconsin. If, if, but if I was wrong about that, it was corrected by the judge then, right? No, proximate cause is not a proper causation principle under Wisconsin negligence law. Long line of cases. Wisconsin said, follows the dissent in Paul's graph, Honor, not the majority opinion. Your Honor, the judge said, I'll handle proximate cause. He, he said, said proximate cause is not an issue here. Okay, all right. The court handles questions of okay. legal causation right. as a matter of public policy. Right. Uh, the medical evidence, um, Dr. Bauer, the respondents, defendants, uh, medical experts said the surgery was done only for the neurogenic claudication. Dr. Weiss, preparatory to the medical, uh, to the operation that he was going to have to have the TLIF installed, they did an MRI. And he very detailed, detailed the neurogenic claudication in the plaintiff. Six months later, he had the surgery. Five months later, he did another MRI looking at the neurogenic claudication. The medical evidence in both cases shows no change in the neurogenic claudication. So when Dr. Bauer says they did the operation only for the neurogenic claudication, it's exactly the same before seven months before surgery and five months after. So the surgery had to have, have been done only for installing the TLIF, trying to correct the problems from the events of December or April 10th of 2019. That's all I have to say. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Mr. Is it Quisner? Uh, Quisner, yes. Quisner, thank, thank you. Francis P. Quisner, I go by Pat. May it please the court. Um, this was a three day jury trial tried on diversity, diversity jurisdiction applying. Wisconsin law, defendant admitted negligence. Uh, the jury was asked to decide whether the accident on April 10th, 2019 was a cause of any injuries that led to plaintiff's back surgery two years later. Uh, it, this case arose out of a low speed motor vehicle accident. The plaintiff did not complain of any injuries at the scene. He continued to drive down to Texas uh, and over the next two years he continued to operate his business uh, as a truck driver driving regularly. Um, My understanding is the jury was out 10 minutes? The jury was out 10 minutes. I, I, I would, you don't want to speculate, but if they had some questions, normally a jury will ask a question of the court. Can you clarify an instruction? There was no question. Um, uh, they came to their decision right away. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than this was a classic uh, jury question. You had three highly qualified doctors who specialize in complex spinal surgery. Two of the doctors, uh, Dr. Din, the treating doctor, and Dr. Bauer, the defendant's retained expert, were of the opinion that the plaintiff's condition was entirely degenerative and he would have needed this surgery regardless of the accident. Uh, Dr. Alexander Ganayam, the plaintiff's retained expert, disagreed. He was of the opinion that the accident was a contributing factor. Again, this is a classic question for the jury to decide. Uh, 
Uh, Counsel, did the yeah. judge, um, Mr. Guyon says the judge uh, told the jury that the defendant uh, did not contest liability or had admitted liability. Um, is that, does that appear anywhere in the record? Your Honor, I think <coughs> I know that there in was the a statement to that effect, but it has to be taken in the context, and I can, I can read you the entire statement. In the preliminary instructions to the jury, the judge stated, Ritland, Richland admits that its driver was negligent in hitting Franco's truck and that Richland is legally responsible for the negligence of its driver, but the parties dispute how much Franco was injured in the accident. Franco alleges that his back was injured by the accident, requiring surgery and preventing him from continuing his job as a truck driver. Richland alleges that any injuries to Franco's back existed before the accident and were not aggravated by the accident. You will not have to decide the issue of liability in this case. Plaintiff's only claim against Richland is for negligence, and as already noted, Richland concedes its driver was negligent. Your job as jurors will be to decide what damages, if any, Richland's driver caused plaintiff to suffer. Uh, that's in docket uh, 157, page 47. So in that context, uh, uh, my suggestion to the court is those comments were perfectly consistent with the jury instructions the jury was given at the close of the evidence. Uh, the jury instructions quoted from basically paraphrased the Wisconsin Supreme Court in the Emmer's case with regard to uh, causation. Uh, <clears throat> well, it might have been helpful if the judge had mentioned that causation was um, the focus of the trial, not just damages. But, you know, that's not a reversible error. Well, I, and I mean, the judge didn't. I agree. I mean, explain the, that there's uh, an additional element to liability, okay. and that is causation, and that's was the entire focus of this trial, yeah. as I understand it. And it was the focus of the closing argument. It certainly was my closing argument. And um, the focus of the jury instructions and so forth. Yes, um, yes. So, I mean, you know, the bottom line is under uh, <clears throat> 50A and 50B. The court addressed those, uh, the two motions, and the court uh, concluded that uh, he acknowledged that there was evidence presented on behalf of the plaintiff to support his claim on uh, causation and, and damages. But the court indicated that the plaintiff disregarded the abundance of evidence that the defendants offered to the contrary. Again, that's a classic jury question, and there's no basis to rule as a matter of law to grant judgment as a matter of law under those under those uh, circumstances. Uh, the jury uh, was not confused based upon the two instructions that I uh, just uh, alluded to, the final instruction. I won't read it to you, but if you want me to read it to you, I, we all will. Uh, but it was perfectly consistent. The jury didn't ask any questions, and it was out for 10 minutes. I think it's mere speculation that the jury was confused. Uh, counsel made, mentioned in the brief, his brief, uh, that uh, he was uh, unfairly prejudiced by the judge's uh, 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 refusal to allow two demonstrative exhibits. Uh, at the pretrial conference, the plaintiff showed the judge four diagrams of the human spine. The judge indicated he would show the jury two of the diagrams. Uh, there's no medical testimony why the other two 
had to be shown to the jury and why it would, would have made a difference in the case. Obviously, it didn't make a difference because they're out for uh, 10 minutes, and I, I doubt whether they even looked at any demonstrative exhibits during that 10 minutes. Um, uh, Your Honor, if there's any questions that you have, I will uh, try to answer them. Otherwise, I'd ask that you affirm the uh, verdict of the district court and the judgment of the district court. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. <clears throat> Anything further, Mr. Guyon? Your Honor, the, uh, again, the, uh, the uh, collision was on 410 of 2019. While he was driving his truck, completing his job obligation three days later, he had to stop and lay on the floor of his uh, truck to, because he was in such pain. And then a similar incident happened on, in May of 2017. I think that's close enough that there's a causal connection as to what happened. Dr. Ghanayim, who's the chairperson of the Department of Orthopedic Surgery, a spine surgeon, said that the surgery that was done on Mr. Uh, Franco was correct and that was the proper way to correct the problems that, uh, that he now has. And it hasn't turned out as well as it, it should. But it's the best they can do with the technology they have today. So if you have any other questions, I'll be happy to answer. Thank you. Thank you. Our thanks to all counsel. The case is taken under advisement. And before we call our third case, the court will be uh, in recess for